from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Harris the snapper. Huber will hold it. 52-yarder. Sweeps the leg. McPherson. He's got it. Cincinnati wins. Kick was down the middle and good. 49ers win it. And this crowd and that Packers team is stunned. Matt Gape boots it through. And the Rams by the hair of their skinny teeth team. Looking to the end zone for the win. He caught it. Ball game. Chiefs to the championship game. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield. ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go to Tuesday. Adam Candy's here. Ari in the Finley Toyota Studios. Lots of NFL to get to. Still reeling from a crazy Saturday, Sunday. Now we're reeling from the head coach and GM carousel around the National Football League. A little basketball coming up later on as well. Let's do it. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. What's up, Candy? Man, I thought football news was going to tone down a little bit after the day we had on Sunday, and it has done nothing but ramp up this week. You know, I was just thinking, to make the process more fair and i think the nfl has actually done a pretty good job here it seems like there's a gentleman's agreement not to hire anyone um for a while and be really thorough with your interviews but i was just thinking what if the nfl really tried to max out the head coach and gm carousel by not allowing hires until after the super bowl and you know instead today i guess we'd be talking well we'd still be talking about the rumors but we'd be talking a lot more about the games it's uh no there's certainly a lot going on it's crazy but i do want to start out with a uh, quick pop here on what is the beginning of a potentially brutal road trip for VGK, although they got the job done last night. Shut out. Robin Leonard, you've been getting on Leonard. The numbers just aren't there, saying that, hey, if they're going to win a Stanley Cup, he's got to play a lot better or they got to go with someone else aside from Robin Leonard. All right, so how do you feel after last night? Shut out, taking out one of the uh, you know real powers in the NHL and the Capitals. You have to appreciate that that's how the Golden Knights are built. They're built in a way that says our goaltender is going to have to bail us out from time to time. And Robin Leonard hadn't done a great job of that over the last couple of months. Last night, he was outstanding. And it's not even the base numbers when you look at see 23 stops and a shutout. You look at the fact that of those 23 stops that he made, he faced 11 high danger chances, according to Natural Stat Trick. Last night, the Capitals outplayed the Golden Knights in the third period by a long shot. And Robin Leonard stole that game for them in a game where they had no Mark Stone, no Max Pacioretty, uh, no uh, Riley Smith. They were a team that was just trying to scrap by at the beginning of a four game road trip against some of the best teams in the East. And the Capitals were absolutely tremendous. Um, Robin Leonard, by the way, and we'll talk about this a little bit more Um he did something last night that I, I could never do in my life, Cofield. He he took a 100-mile-an-hour puck off the mask and kept playing hockey. Uh, I think the first time anything even remotely close to that happened to me, I would just like leave all my pads on the ice, go to the bench, and be like, nope, 
I'm good. I'm done. My cage got bent in. I'm leaving. Uh, this is not worth it. Yeah, I think that's a crazy part. One is taking the freaking near 100-mile-an-hour shot to the face, but then seeing that it was uh, probably millimeters away from coming right into your face uh, had it not been you know, for the face mask saving him, but to bend the face mask, my lord. Yeah, I... Let's see Mark andre Fleury do that, huh? Build, we're, not, we're not building statues for that, are we, Cofield? <laughs> <laughs> no, great win for Robin Leonard last night. And I really can't say great win for Robin Leonard last night because the Golden Knights played a sloppy game. They gave up five power plays in that game. They gave up a five-on-three for almost two full minutes, and Robin Leonard bailed them out. And of all people, Michael Amadio with the one goal for the Golden Knights these are the kinds of wins that are bonus wins for VGK to go on the road against the Capitals team that's playing outstanding hockey and to be able to come away with a win at the start of a trip where you're going to have to go face Tampa Bay as well. Around the NFL and really around sports, we see a lot of copycat action. You know, once something works, folks will try to employ the same sort of plan. And I think there's a couple of things going on right now that are interesting in the National Football League. Uh, one, I wonder how many teams are going to be looking to draft hybrid dudes like Debo Samuel, you know, a wide receiver who's a little thicker, who potentially can play running back like he and Cordell Patterson uh, did this year. So that could be something to watch for in the draft if we see, you know, bigger receivers, thicker receivers getting looks to try to produce more Debo Samuels. And what Sean Payton just did over the last couple of days, could it, could it send a or set a trend? Coaches who have been around for a little while, the end of the road is coming in terms of a transition to another quarterback. Now, these are, again, these are unique situations because it's hard for head coaches to survive in the National Football League beyond five years. But for guys like Peyton, and I'll also throw in Mike Tomlin, could this be a sign of coaches are like, you know, I got to go quarterback hunting. I'm not staying around for the transition. It's time to leave because in my mind, Sean Payton did this probably a little bit because of fatigue. I don't know if anyone else has noticed, but, uh, you know, head coaching is not the healthiest thing for individuals. And uh, Payton's put on uh, a few pounds here and there, not to get on him. But, you know, we all know about that, except Candy, who's built like a rail. But I I wonder if there are going to be other coaches down the road when they have this transition. You, you got no Drew Brees. You just went through a year where you had to play some pretty lousy quarterbacks. You know, you did what you could do. In a place like New Orleans, I wonder how many coaches in the future will, you know, take a year or two off, make TV money, you know, not do what Gruden did and be away for 10 plus years. But maybe Sean Payton starts a little bit of a trend here with the highly successful coaches who have great runs with a quarterback. Maybe they never go back. I think that's what we're really seeing. That maybe, too. maybe it's Bill Cower, who we heard the Bill Cower rumors for God only knows how long he goes to TV. Every year, here comes Bill Cower. Up until the last couple of years, we stopped hearing those rumors the last couple of years because I think everyone figured out yeah. you can make this kind of money in TV and not have the kind of stress that creates the, uh, what, the Urban Meyer heart problems that we yeah. uh, heard about a few years ago. You don't have to deal with that stress. TV has that money, and you can go away if you're Sean Payton. You can leave with your Super Bowl. You can leave with no Drew Brees coming back in. You can leave with, frankly, everybody lauding you and nobody talking about Bounty Gate anymore and be up on the high of where Sean Payton is going out right now. And you know what? The coaching jobs will be there. Yep. They'll be there for Sean Payton. But he doesn't have to go back and face Jameis Winston. What I really feel badly for is the next New Orleans coach Oof. who has to go, 
Hold on a second. Didn't you just extend Taysom Hill's contract last year? Oh, boy. What? A, what, what is this? What is this? It's, it's like they did the home inspection, but they never checked the attic, and they're like, oh, my God, there are rats up there. I got to deal with Taysom Hill. No, I understand your point, though, Cofield. If you're a guy like Sean Payton, why not go make the TV money? It's a lot better life. Yep, and then pick your spot. Pick your spot. And here's the thing. You know, I was just looking back. It, you know, Jimmy Johnson walked away when he was 56 years old after Dallas and Miami. Never came back. Now, Jimmy's been making pretty good money. I'm sure I don't know the exact number, right? You can live a comfortable life. What Sean Payton could be making is boffo because we've heard about the networks looking at current head coaches, even the boy genius who isn't even out of his 40s yet, McVay. So the money is there. And I want to get to the TV angle here in a couple of minutes. And we'll get to more of Payton and, and what could be coming down the road. I think it's fascinating that the immediate headlines are like, Payton's going to walk away, eventually will be the Cowboys coach. I'm sure Mike McCarthy's like, wait, what? Now I got coach in waiting? Which is, in a way, probably good for the Cowboys going into next year. Like, get it done, bro. Or, you know, the guy who can uh, ride in with the Cavalry and save the day is going to take over for you. So the Raiders list is slowly building. We're going to talk to Miles Simmons later on, our uh, national NFL insider, about the process all these teams are going through. And I want to ask him, and I'll ask you right now. So Todd Bowles has been added to the list. Official candidates they've talked to. Three, the Raiders are handling this, I think, in the most quiet fashion of all the teams. And they seem to be stretching out the process. Good sign or bad sign? Bad sign if you're anybody but Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Really, in the end, what are the Raiders doing here? They are stretching this whole thing out to give Harbaugh a chance to make a decision. That's the way it looks from the outside. Because to me, they're they're not going through the kind of process everybody else is with saying, well, you know, we interviewed this guy and tomorrow we're interviewing that guy and Friday we're bringing in another guy. Everybody else has that information out there. The Giants have Brian Dable. I know because I read it from the Giants. Brian Dable today, Patrick Graham tomorrow, and Brian Flores on Thursday coming in to win me $50 from you. So I feel like the Raiders are stringing this whole thing out to see, is Jim Harbaugh interested Because the guys that they've interviewed, Cofield, don't feel like the hot candidates that everybody else is looking at. They feel like guys who might potentially be around. Really? I think all three dudes they're interviewing, Gerard Mayo, Todd Bowles, D'Amico Ryans, are all hot candidates. Not saying they're unwanted in other places, but they're certainly not the crew that is going around right now getting all of the attention, I think, that other places are. Who's that crew? Who do you think are the hot candidates who, who are the ones I, 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 garnering the most attention? Dable by far. The, and, and coming off the game that Josh Allen just had for the Buffalo Bills, Brian Dable's name will never be hotter. Brian Flores, I think, quite understandably, is at the top of many lists. And the other guy, and I don't understand this, and I don't think you have to look very far into his history to say, is he a head coach? Dan Quinn. I know. Dan Quinn? Dan Quinn is hotter than all of them. I feel like the Raiders are the only team that haven't shown any interest in Dan Quinn. Or did I miss it? Did he turn him no, down? They they already have a cover three defensive coordinator in Gus Bradley. They don't have to go interview Dan Quinn. Well, you know, that's the other thing that's really interesting in this whole process. We can have a real argument here about where the NFL is going and if you should be looking at a defensive-minded head coach or an offensive-minded head coach. It seems like, for the most part, and the Niners did a pretty good job on defense over the weekend, but... Uh, you know, the hot candidates are the offensive names, and so far the Raiders are talking to all 
uh, defensive guys. I don't know that that's the direction they're going to go in, but that's the trend so far. And it certainly sends a message that they're more than willing to let Gus Bradley walk. And I kind of wonder why, if he's really not in line to be the head coach, uh, if they've told him, you know what, you can go seek another job, bro. What's the name you didn't mention in terms of who the candidates who have interviewed for the Raiders job is? What's, what, what name is that? Rich Passaccia. Right? You talked about the other well, guys who've interviewed. He's, he's the fourth one. You're right. I, no, and I say it for I say it just to make the point that we almost forget the fact that Rich Passaccia interviewed for this job because he, like Gus Bradley, is being kept on a string here. Right? I mean, Gus Bradley did yeoman's work with that defense last year. Uh, we talk a lot about at the beginning of 2021, can the Raiders defense do enough to support this offense? And by the end of the year, it was the opposite way around. Head coach odds right now in faraway places for the Raiders. Harbaugh plus 125. Basachi a second choice. I don't really buy that one. Plus 250. Doug Peterson, 6-1. to one. Josh McDaniel, 6-1. to one. Dable, 650. That number probably should be lower because of his ties to the Giants now with a uh, Bills front office person being hired by the Giants. The enemy, plus 750. Gus Bradley, 10 to 1. Todd Bowles, 10 to 1. Dabo, 12. Kellen Moore, 12. Byron Leftwich, 14. Matt Eberflus, 15. Any value you like there? So three of the candidates that you mentioned who've interviewed basically are a field bet. Interesting. Okay. No, I'm just mentioning it. Uh, if I'm going to look at six to one, I, I don't like any of the the guys that you've mentioned thus far. I honestly think the only one you can bet is Jim Harbaugh. Truly, uh, Harbaugh is still at plus money. The guy who has either side done anything to bat down these rumors? No, and we know Harbaugh might just be using the Raiders as leverage. But look at the money that Mark Davis shelled out for John Gruden when he really wanted him. Mark Davis yep. might just go make an offer that Jim Harbaugh can't refuse, and then it's not going to matter whether it was leverage or not because Michigan's not going to be able to match it. Well, if they've got the money, and they do, they certainly saved a lot with what we uh, we gave them in the state of Nevada to build the stadium. If they've got Gruden money or more, then they certainly should be getting guys like Sean Payton, and I'll keep saying it. I I don't know if they've done it, but I would certainly reach out to a representative of Mike Tomlin and see if Tomlin wants to pull a Peyton and move on from a team with no quarterback to a team with a quarterback. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Over the middle. Cut Tyree Kill up to 45. Angling right 40. 35. Cheetah. 25. 20. 15. 10. 5. Touchdown. Kansas City. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Still just a, an absurd outcome. Bills and Chiefs. And my God, the speed of Tyree Kill. Mitch Holtis, Chiefs Radio Network. On the call there. Candy, you're not going to do it. It's not going to work. I know Hall of Fame stuff is coming in for baseball, but baseball has been banned from the show because of the lockout. I, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not doing it. So I guess save it for the end of the show. My plan is we will go out with you hosting solo 
for as long as you need to talk about baseball because I will not be here f- during that time. That That's the only way I will lift the ban on Cofield and company. I am merely the company. I will follow the rules. No, no, no. And no. I will not talk about boop. Yeah, All right, exactly. stop keeping me. Dump it, dump it. Just go ahead, go on a go on a diatribe. We'll just dump the whole friggin' thing. We'll we'll blow up the dump machine. Yeah, like most of my appearances. Dump, 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 dump. Uh, so we were just talking about the big news of the day. Another interview scheduled for the Raiders with uh, Todd Bowles, the uh, current DC of the Bucks. So that makes it four interviews officially for the Raiders: Gerard Mayo, Todd Bowles, Amico Ryan's, Basachi, and I guess sort of Bradley. And uh, I don't know. Um, but it's been quiet, and you can see they're kind of slow playing this. Or you could say, hey, they're being really thorough and they're doing the right thing. Sean Payton's the other big news of the day. He's walking away from the Saints. He said in a press conference today his plan is not to coach this next year. Um, it sounds like he's got you know some fatigue issues. He's actually he's a little older than I thought he was. I thought he was a few years younger. He's 58. So there is the possibility that Sean Payton could pull a Bill Cower as uh, Candy brilliantly mentioned, to open the show. And, you know, you remember when Cower walked away from the Steelers, it's like, hey, of course he's coming back. And for, like, the next five years, everyone's like, hey, you know, Bill Cower, number one guy, and, you know, hot candidate. So let's say Peyton does one year of whatever. I think it'll be TV. What do you think of this list of teams that should be, you know, on their big board for next year? should have Sean Payton in mind and better have a big check ready and a big deal ready for him to go. Here's the list. Cowboys are the most obvious. Patriots. Listen, Belichick's 1,000 years old. So, you know, he could he could walk. I don't expect him to, but he could. Chargers. Listen, if the Chargers have stumbling moments again and they don't make the playoffs, Staley could be two and done. Chiefs. Andy Reid ain't getting any thinner. Not to, you know, not to crack on the guy because I'm not either, but... Um, you know, I don't know how much longer Andy Reid's going to go. Colts, you can watch that HBO, Real Sports, whatever the hell it's called. Why can't? Why am I blanking on the preseason uh, hard knocks? Hard knocks. Uh, the Colts, and you can see, like, Frank Reich seems to be a good coach, but, man, he's really – he enjoys being called a good coach. Like, they're, like, and I don't know what Ursay's deal is. He was talking real tough right after the season. I think a lot of that is I have no idea what, you know, what that guy is on or off. He seems like all jacked up. But the Colts could be open. This is a low-level job, but it's in a big market. The Jets could be open, right? If Robert Sala craps the bed next year and there's no improvement and Sean Payton's available, you never know on that one. The Bucks, like Bruce Arians ain't, you know, 40 years old. Cardinals, Kingsbury, right? They fall short again. Already whispers this year about frustration. Seahawks, Pete Carroll's 1,000 years old. And I'll go with this team because they have money and there already seems to be frustration with Matt Rule, the Panthers. So, and I'm probably missing two or three teams that would make a run at Sean Payton. So there's going to be a giant list of suitors and a giant list of suitors that either have a really good quarterback or have incredible tradition in terms of winning. So R usually keeps a tease board for stuff we're going to talk about later. Um, I just want to make sure we have a fat shaming board for Cofield today. He is now fat shamed Sean Payton. You just said he put. You said years. the first segment. He's put on pounds. He's yes. put on pounds. Yes. That's the problem. He's put on pounds. And, now and we said like, Andy, don't, Andy don't, Reed's don't too fat to coach. He was wearing compression socks in the preseason. He had circulation issues. He likes cheeseburgers. 
And my, my bigger point is it's not to mock Andy Reid, but there's going to be an end of the road for Andy Reid where he walks away. And my God, if you're going to take a job, because, you know, some of those teams I mentioned, they don't have a quarterback right now. So it makes it – if I'm Sean Payton, I'm going somewhere with a quarterback. Can you imagine the Chiefs job opens with Pat Mahomes and Sean Payton's like, all right, I want to coach eight more years, all of them with Patrick Mahomes. Holy cow. Well, that's the thing about the list you just mentioned. Sean Payton, if you believe he's leaving New Orleans because he doesn't have a quarterback anymore, then he's sure as hell not walking into Indianapolis and saying, who can you get me? No, he's walking into a situation with a quarterback. So it's going to be – the Chargers, if they would make what I think would be a huge mistake in getting rid of Staley uh, with Herbert, or oh, wow. if the Kansas City Chiefs were open, of course. like Those are the jobs that are going to be attractive to Sean Payton. But the other piece of this equation is, does Sean Payton want that smoke? Does he want the potential hit to his reputation? Like Sean Payton's reputation is as good as it ever will be if he walks away right now. He won with Breeze. He was with one franchise for the entirety of his head coaching career. Does he go somewhere to potentially jeopardize that if the money's not any different than it would be in TV? If, frankly, the money in TV probably would be better because we know John Gruden was making $10 million a year to be the Raiders head coach, and we know that Tony Romo was making $15 million a year to say, oh, Jim. So I think for <laughs> Sean Payton, you have to have be convinced to come back. Yeah, I think Payton... I mean, I guess I'd be more fired up as a TV network if I knew I was getting him for, like, at least three years. But I think Peyton could command $17, $18 million a year. And if that were a long-term deal, then there is no guarantee he comes back to be a head coach. Or head coaching salaries are going to go through the freaking roof because of what TV can pay. Let me give you the, let me give you the teams, the announced teams. First of all, do you believe that Peyton will be on games or he'll be a studio guy? Like, will, will he be a dungy? If you want to get the most out of Sean Payton, you move him into the studio. Okay. You, you put him in the studio, and what you do is you move Father Dungy to someplace else where he can preach on Sundays, and you pair him up with Drew Brees. You want Why to see Payton, have... and Payton and Drew Brees together, huh? Hey, have we tried the dynamic of having the coach and the quarterback together? Let's do something different and fun. Why can't he do both? He probably could do both. I mean, Breeze just did both, you know, in experimental well, fashion well, at the end of the season. Hey, hey, hold your hold yeah, by the way, by the way, Breeze, Breeze was also on Notre Dame game, so Breeze actually Breeze, was really busy. Breeze, Breeze was versatile, but Breeze on games was, let's just say, a project. Work he was project. decent in studio, but not a great analyst by any stretch of the imagination. I think Peyton could step in and do whatever he wants to do. All right, Sean Payton on games, right? Here's the, here are the announced teams, the current announced teams, and I don't really have them in any particular order. Who would he bump? CBS has Nance and Tony Romo, Ian Eagle and Charles Davis, Kevin Harlan and Trent Green, Greg Gumbel and Adam Archuleta, Spiro Ditas and Jay Feely, which would be like team number five, which if you're paying someone $18 million a year, I don't know if he's there. Joe Buck and Aikman. Hmm. Adam Amin and Schlereth, Kenny Albert, uh, Jonathan Vilma, Monday Night Football, Levy, Greasy, Riddick. So where does he go? Who does he bump? Man, that's a where's Waldo. One of these things is not like the other. So if you're at our parent company at the four letter, don't listen closely, okay? Tune this part out. It's pretty obvious that it's ESPN. It's Monday Night Football. And if they're serious with the report that we saw today from Andrew Marshan, the New York Post, 
about going and getting Al Michaels to come back to Monday Night Football, ooh, if you go Michaels Payton on Monday Night Football, oh my God, then you have a real thing going because what you have now is basically a main broadcast that only people who want like the sound effects on the game listen to because anybody else is watching the Mannings. You want to get good. that's a good point. The Man- the Mannings were overshadowing the supposed big name team on Monday Night Football. Damn straight they were. And look, Steve Levy's a good soldier, man. Like he 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 calls a decent game. Uh, I don't think that the chemistry was ever really there among the three of them in the booth with Riddick and Greasy. Um, so if you can take guys like Al Michaels and Sean Payton and fix what, let's be honest, has been a revolving door in the Monday night booth for quite a while, hello, Tess and Booger, then you do it. Am I crazy for suggesting that it is time for Troy Aikman to get the Phil Simms treatment? Troy Sorry, Aikman. Bro. Sorry, bro. We got to knock you down a peg. Number one guy, we're going to pay him $18 million. Fresh voice, more analytical. Peyton's going in your spot, Troy. I don't think Buck Peyton would be a great pairing. I, I, if you're going to move somebody, I, I think that of the guys you mentioned, analysts who I have had my issues with from time to time in terms of their mastery, shall we say, uh, Charles Davis among the established guys, I mean, often I hear him calling numbers instead of names. That's lack of preparation. Ari uh, in the background pumping his fist, not a... Not a Charles Davis guy. Actually, he's not. He's pro Charles Davis. He's not pro uh, Charles Davis handler. Ah, Ari, Ari has been. Ari, Ari basically uh, bases everything on his bookings. Like, uh, like I'm going to enjoy talking about the Patriots again today. But we did it last week, and I think between uh, Ari believing that uh, the combo of uh, Ziggler and either Josh McDaniels or uh, Gerard Mayo should be the uh, Raiders' choice, and I, I think uh, Ari's just got a lot of good hooks in New England, so we're getting a New England guest coming up. So. Yeah, I mean... Not against it. No, no, no. I, I understand. No, I understand. I mean, New Englanders like their bland foods smothered in cream sauces. Like, I, I would assume that's, that goes right along with what Ari likes. They probably get along very well. Um, yeah, if, I, if, I, if I'm a TV exec, um, I'm having fun with this. So if I'm with Fox... Um, I am floating rumors that we're going to get Sean Payton. We're going to make a run at Sean Payton, and he is replacing Troy Aikman. Um, one, wasn't it Troy just a couple weeks ago was bitching about the game he was on? Oh, like, he absolutely was. Uh, bruh, first of all, he's not keeping up with the Joneses, right? And the Joneses in TV broadcasting, and I know you mocked on Romo a little bit, but Romo is still much better than almost everyone else doing TV. And... Again, this is a great debate. I think we have we've had for like fifteen or twenty years doing these shows. What is a color analyst on a football game supposed to be? Is he supposed to be the common man? Is he supposed to be a twelve wonderlick guy like Phil Sims? Not taking a shot there. Um, no, but kind of speak to the to the the very basic football fan. You know, almost like a Tim McCarver of football, right? People used to get driven nuts by Tim McCarver because he, I really think he would explain baseball for people who didn't watch a lot of baseball. Um, is that what they want or do they want Romo, or is actually Romo too advanced and shuts out a lot of the common fans? No, I look, what do you really want? If you go back in history and look at the guys that everyone loves, you look at a John Madden, you look at a Tim McCarver, you look at a guy like Tony Romo, you know what they are? They're different. They're different. They don't sound like everybody else. They don't sound like that they were mass-produced in the ESPN cliche factory. 
and rolled out off the assembly line to say the same things over and over again. Give us something different to listen to. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. Butler comes away with it into the front court. Butler throws a lob to Keyshad Johnson. Royce Ham comes out of nowhere to block the shot out of bounds. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. That was one of the positive plays for UNLV. Not many in the game. Rough one, 80-55 loss against San Diego State. Two wins and like 20, 21 tries going all the way back to 13-14. And Royce Ham, ultimate hustle guy, Adam Candy, great block on Keisha Johnson, who got an alley-oop pass, but it wasn't a great pass, and he was kind of on his way up, and uh, Royce came from behind and surprised him. Later in the game, he didn't have the benefit of coming from behind. Actually, he did kind of come in late. Uh, Lamont Butler, one of the point guards for San Diego State, jumped quicker and higher and freaking posterized poor Royce Ham, and it was uh, that was kind of the look all night. A lot of highlight dunks, a lot of Turnovers at midcourt, sloppy play. The San Diego State defense was awesome again. And I'll, I'll throw it out right now. There's been a lot of good San Diego State teams defensively, you know, since we'll go back to like 2008, right? I mean, it's kind of the same team every year built in the same way. This is the best defensive group they've ever had. Uh, I didn't check the numbers today, but going into yesterday, they were the Ken Palm number three defense in the country. They are ridiculous defensively and to sit there on the floor candy and watch it you see how impossible it is at times to get any sort of penetration get the ball inside the three-point line it's like a shell at the three-point line and you know how you're not going to do it by dribbling through it I think what I noticed the most watching San Diego State is this is as close to positionless as they've been Right, like they actually have length and the ability to switch and the ability to move all over the place. It's not just having a couple of big guys and then a couple of little guards. Like they actually have reasonable size all over, reasonable quickness all over. I mean, well, you've na- you've sh- nailed it. You've nailed it because I'll, I'll I'll break in here for a second. They've had really good shot blocking big guys. That's how they build their defense. Right, you can play aggressive on the perimeter. If someone gets uh, beat on the perimeter, then there's a big guy to be an eraser like Skylar Spencer. Um, but in this case, the two guys they started the big positions, Keisha Johnson and especially Nathan Mensa, are positionless bigs, but they ain't 6'6". Six, six. Like, Johnson's pushing 6'8", and he's 230 pounds, and Nathan Mensa is every bit 6'11". And I'm telling you, I said it during the game last night, there's a lot of candidates for Defensive Player of the Year in the Mountain West Conference and even more for Player of the Year. I would actually vote for the guy. I don't even know what his numbers are. He, I think he's averaging like 11 and 8 points and rebounds by traditional numbers that you'd measure. I'd vote for the guy as player of the year. Candy, in two games against Bryce Hamilton, the same Bryce Hamilton who's averaging 22 points a game. He had 23 last night, but 22 points a game is destroying some other Mountain West Conference opponents. Anytime a big gets switched on to Bryce Hamilton, he destroys them in two games. San Diego State's like, you know what? Mensa, on the switch, you're going to stay on Bryce Hamilton, who's impossible to defend going downhill, except for Nathan Mensa. He is awesome. For people who appreciate defense, he is ridiculous. He's one of the best defensive big men I've seen in years. Well, 
The problem for San Diego State has nothing to do with what you just mentioned. The problem for San Diego State is that, and I don't care how it happened, I don't care what the combinations of factors were. If you allow 42 points and lose a game like they did on Saturday against Boise State, you are not a team to be taken seriously on the national level. They're that good defensively, but we have seen this before from San Diego State. So I'm actually not that concerned for the Rebels last night. That's as bad of a situation as the Rebels could be in. Four games in eight days, and then you have to go play that team of all teams. That was never going to be competitive. Off off a a 37-point performance, 79 total. I Actually, I do think San Diego State has tremendous upside offensively and I think they're as good as anyone in the West. I like right now I would love to see UCLA and I thought UCLA was really impressive against UNLV. I would love to see UCLA go against San Diego State. But you know they, they still have to get better offensively. But I think they're good the thing is, um and they listen, they had the guys in the Boise game. They're getting healthier. Uh but between Pulliam and Butler and even Dinwiddie coming off the bench and then Bradley is a you know a good end of shot clock guy. I think their offense is going to get better and better throughout the season. You would hope it would, and I don't say that facetiously, because 37 points in a full game is pathetic, and I I don't need to underscore that a whole lot here, Steve, because this is a team that has higher aspirations than us ever talking about them scoring 37 points in a game. 364-1100-364-1100. Caller 7 right now. we got a four-pack of tickets. East-West Shrine game. It's here in town at the Al, February 3rd. Tickets starting as low as 19 bucks. You can buy those at ShrineBowl.com. Some of the bigger-name players expected to play in the game. we got some quarterbacks like Jack Cohn from Notre Dame and De'Ara King from Miami. we got a four-pack right now. East-West Shrine game. Allegiant, February 3rd, 364-1100. Caller 7. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. But I do appreciate your jobs, and I recognize, especially in the last two years, how difficult those have been. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. People don't understand when all of a sudden you practice inside and with the the COVID restrictions, the relationships that many of you have with our players, with our, it's hard to do those jobs um, effectively as you might like. I mean, when's the last time you've been able to go into a locker room after a game? And we we kind of missed that, really. All right. How about that? You don't hear that often. Sean Payton walking out on the uh, Saints situation, maybe fatigued, maybe has TV lined up, could come back in a couple of years, but thanking the media uh, during his press conference. All right. We got some Patriot stuff to get into. But we've got a voice of Boston sports here, uh, Karen Garigian from the Boston Herald. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Is this Steve? Yes, it's uh, Steve and Adam Candy here in Las Vegas. And we definitely want to talk Patriots in a couple of minutes. But I'm getting bombarded by the Boston-related Hall of Fame stuff. And I'm sure you have an opinion on the Red Sox and the Hall of Fame. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to get your quick reaction. Uh, what do you think of David Ortiz getting into the Hall of Fame? But... Roger Clemens not. Yeah, it's kind of kind of odd. It's almost like when when you got on the ballot, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Um, I think Ortiz is pretty clear cut, uh, and you know, obviously, I'm from the Boston area, and I got to watch him all throughout his career, and um, there was nobody more clutch. Uh, than Ortiz, and I know he was just a DH, um, but um, I don't think that should 
take away um, from his credentials as a Hall of Famer. He has the numbers uh, to back it up uh, as a hitter. And, you know, the the steroid deal, testing positive or not testing positive, you know, I don't... You know, I don't know if that impacted voters or not, whereas Bonds and Clemens seem to be more clear-cut cases. Um, so I I don't know. I think if you look like a Hall of Famer, play like a Hall of Famer, you should be a Hall of Famer. It was a steroids era. And I know um, there's a lot of voters who, you know, stand by, uh, not putting in the steroid users, but um, I don't know. It just seems odd that one of the greatest hitters and one of the greatest pitchers aren't in. Yep. So it sounds like if you had a vote, you would vote for all three, Bonds, Clemens, and Ortiz. I do have a vote, and I oh, did. Oh, you do? Okay. I How about do. that? All right. Yep. Perfect yep. timing. <laughs> yep. But, I, I mean, the – you know, some of the old school types want to be consistent with their votes, but I don't know. And and yes, there is a character clause, but I don't know how you with you can really determine all the all the steroid users or non steroid users. So you just don't vote in the ones who definitely get suspended. Or again, it's just it's too hard to 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 come up with. You know, who did, who didn't, who did, who didn't. Because I'm yeah. sure there's plenty who are in that nobody knows about. Oh, of course. And, of course. And, you know, again, it, it, it was an accepted practice by, by baseball. You know, until, um, you know, kind of the, the secret got out. And, you know, as I said, it's just... If if there was something wrong with these candidates, why would they be on the ballot? Because guess what, Pete Rose isn't. Right. So, you know, we could we could argue these thing these cases all day long, um, but you know, were you you know, that do you walk and look like a Hall of Famer when you're out there? Do you have the numbers? Is it obvious? I think in the cases of Clemens and, and Bonds, it is. David Ortiz in the Hall of Fame, Bonds and Clemens not. Uh, Karen Garrigan is uh, reacting to uh, what happened. You know, this is a big Boston story as well. Uh, the last thing I'll say on this, too, is, and this could go back to a guy like Jim Rice, um, it is not our job. And you know, while we all have favorites and then other people were like, eh, that guy was kind of a creep in, in terms of dealing with him, I just don't think that should be a factor in this. And I know David Ortiz was you know, kind of a jolly guy and you know, dealt mostly pretty well with the media mm-hmm. and you know, Roger Clemens and Bonds were truculent in, you know, in denials. I just, I don't think that should be factored in. I think we have to be better than that. I totally agree. You know, you can't hold somebody's personality against them. That's, I mean, again, there is a character clause, but again, if, if someone, you know, doesn't give you an interview, is that part of the character clause? You know, it's, it should be mostly for their performance on the field, period. That's just not talking only. Karen, not talking only about uh, Red Sox legends, but of course now we uh, we move into off season mode, talking about Patriots legends, not only Bill Belichick but Tom Brady 
uh, as well. The news of Sean Payton today stepping away from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, we're going to speculate on Sean Payton going just about everywhere, I'm sure, over the next you know year or oh, two sure. years. Um, do we have any sense of Belichick's longevity? I mean, obviously, I, I, the job is his as long as he wants the job, but does, does Bill ever give any sense of whether there's an expiration date for him? No. <laughs> no, and neither does the owner. It, it, it Basically, it's between them. So, um, you know, we had the one hint uh, in the past where he said he didn't want to be like Marv Levy and coach into his 70s. But, you know, he's he's 70 next year. So that kind of blows that out of the out of the water. You know, I, and, yeah. and he's basically said he's continuing on when we asked him in his, uh, you know, end of season presser. So, you know, I think he, I think he still has the bug. I think he still enjoys coaching. Um, and I think, you know, he I think he would really love to win one without Brady. And that feels like the natural question, right? I mean, we saw Brady do it last year, and now, I mean, at midseason, when the Patriots were number one in Football Outsiders DVOA, and and all of the metrics said, this is a really good team, it felt like we could be headed that direction in 2021. What changed down the stretch for the Patriots this year that everything became the kind of struggle that it did? Well... They, uh, I don't know. It was like after, the, <laughs> after the bye. I mean, they were they were the top team. They just beat Buffalo in that crazy wind game, and um, they came back from the bye and they just weren't the same. Uh, part of that was the competition. I mean, they actually. I mean, their three of their last four games, two were against Buffalo and one was against Indy. Um, they wiped out Jacksonville, but. You know, against the the tougher teams with the better offenses, they struggled a bit. And um, I think, you know, teams were a little more on to Mac Jones, and Mac Jones might have been hitting a rookie wall. I mean, there were a lot of factors, uh, I think, in there. Um, but, you know, if you, if you take it in its entirety and you have a 10 and Seven record, you know they got wiped in the playoffs. Well, you know bringing in a rookie, a rookie quarterback, and basically completely retooling the team, spending a, over 160 million in guaranteed money on free agents. It's going to take a, a while for things to kind of really gel and come together. Um, so, I think. You know, it was a step in the right direction, but they still have a lot of work to do to get, you know, to get with the Buffaloes and the Kansas Cities of the league. And you beat me right to the point that I was about to ask you. Is Josh Allen the biggest challenge that Bill Belichick has seen in this division in his time? Yes. Yeah, without question. Um, You know, it used to be they had the biggest challenge, Brady. (laughs) But now, now Buffalo has it, and I think basically Allen kind of cemented that this year uh, with his play. I mean, last year he was great 
but I think people still wanted to see it a second year. And, you know, he had some struggles during the year, but during crunch time now down the stretch in these big games, uh, he's been elite. And, I mean, it's not just the fact that he has a great arm and can throw the ball with the best of them. It's what he does as a, as a runner. Uh, and it's just, it's just, he's just so very hard to defend. Last one, Karen. If you were running the Raiders, would you try to steal away Josh McDaniels? Can he be stolen away? Well, absolutely. Um, and I don't know. I think if if Dave Ziegler went, I think it it might have to be a, a tandem uh, hmm. to to get Josh McDaniels there um, because I think the situation has to be just right. He has to have some say over the roster. Um, he has to have some control, um, and um, and I think you know it's a it's a it's a playoff ready team. It's a team that's been in the playoffs, so um, I think there would be a lot that would be attractive about the Raiders for him. But again, a lot depends on you know how much how much he gets to control his environment and situation. And Ziegler, they went to they went to college together. They've known each other forever. I believe they were in Denver together when uh McDaniels uh was the head coach there. So I think that would increase McDaniel's comfort level to finally make the leap away from New England. Uh, last one on McDaniels. He's he's kind of been slaughtered by people outside the market for his personality. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but people point back to, you know, the Broncos turned out to kind of be a disaster, and then he pulls the plug uh, on the Colts. What do you think of his personality? Is, is he a head coach-type personality? Well, I think I think that's to, still to be determined. I, I think uh, – you know, you would have said the same thing about Bill Belichick coming out of Cleveland. But it, it depends on if if these guys are willing to uh, adjust and bend and, uh, I don't want to say change, but, you know, adapt to what works in the NFL. And I think Josh learned that, you know, he has to be himself, and he can't be, you know, a Bill Belichick clone because that's not who he is. Um, so, but sometimes it ta- it's taken all of uh, many of his assistants who have failed to learn that same lesson. Yep. So I think, I think perhaps that he's been, he's had some time. Uh, I think he has a better grasp of uh, what it would take to be a good head coach, what he needs to be a good head coach around him. And I, I, I definitely think he would be worth a second shot, even though I know him getting cold feet in Indy has, has rubbed a lot of people, people the wrong way. I also wonder why he's not a lock to get the Texans job with Casario. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good, <laughs> you got, you that's got a some good personalities question. there. Yeah, 
well, I don't know. Again, that situation is still is a little wacky to me, if you ask me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I you know, he's supposedly tight with Casario. Uh, I, I don't know that. That just there's just a few more. Uh, question marks, I would say, about them organizationally, let's say, and uh, who's actually running the show. So, you know, with Jack Easterby in the middle of what things there, again, there's just, I don't know, in the whole Deshaun Watson situation, it's just, you know, it's almost like stepping into a landmine. Yep. Karen, we appreciate a couple minutes today. Thank you so much. Sure. Anytime, guys. She covers the Patriots for the Boston Herald. As we found out, has an MLB Hall of Fame vote. Karen Garigian from uh, the Herald, as I mentioned. We'll come back. We got football frenzy. I guess we'll carve out some more time later on for David Ortiz. I just I can't let it take over the show, especially how little baseball cares about the fans with the stupid lockout. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.